I'm Audra. And I'm Sadie. And we are former English Lit majors and sisters who miss reading and discussing literature with fellow Lit nerds. And we created this podcast to discuss literature fueled by libations. So pick your poison and join us each week to discuss all the queries and views unearthed in great books. And support your local bookstore. Welcome, everybody, to Lit and Libations. Hi, Sadie. Hi, Audra. Uh, so let's get this out of the way because we kept forgetting. Let's uh, <laughs> discuss our libations yes. for this evening. Get us started. So today I'm having an oak-barreled German pilsner from Ooh. Treehouse Brewery. So Treehouse is like a really famous brewery here in Massachusetts, and they like make me like beer a lot. Like they, they're actually nice. genuinely really good and they only sell at their own like breweries, basically. I think that okay. they, they have like two or three tap rooms and that's the only place you can buy them. And they're just, it's, they're fantastic. I'm, I'm actually, I think I might bring some home when I come back to Utah because I think you guys would really like them. Yeah, I'd love to try it. That sounds delicious. Um, I made just like an iced coffee and threw some whiskey in it. Oh, nice. <laughs> but it's actually, it's actually really good. So, uh, that's what I'm drinking. Nice. That sounds good. Spiked, spiked iced coffee. Yeah. It sounded good to me for some, <laughs> even though it's so cold here right now. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm, I'm freezing and it's not even that cold here. It's like I'm cold. How cold is it? What's the weather been like back in Utah? Has it snowed? Well, like yesterday it was like in the twenties. Oh, I'm like, okay. I had to buy these like heated gloves to be outside with. Like it just, it's so cold, but it's not as bad as it could be. And I would feel better about it if we got like snow and rain, right. but it's yeah. fine. Do you have an it's indoor fine. arena at work? Mm, no, we're just outdoors, but it, you know, indoor arenas are actually can be even colder if you don't like pay an insane amount of money to heat them oh. because then you don't even get the sun. Oh, that's like true. when the sun's out, like in the middle of the day, it's actually not awful. And like, if you just learn how to layer, mm-hmm. like I've gotten pretty adept at layering and knowing what to wear. So it's really not bad. It's, and really there's not too many days that we can't ride because the snow's so bad or the rain, you know what I mean? We can yeah. kind of work around it. So it would maybe be nice, but it's not as necessary in my opinion but that's nice i didn't know that yeah yeah because like the sun really helps warm things up yeah we're so eager for snow out here and like it takes so long for it to happen in the berkshires because the elevation's so much lower and the i feel like the temperature just fluctuates so much in the winter Mm -hmm. like it's pretty normal for it to snow and then you'll have like a really really warm day and all the snow melts the unfortunate thing is that like our mountains are basically the same elevation as it is in town so the the snow melts on the mountain as well not just like in town and it drives me crazy i think we were spoiled in utah Oh, we're so spoiled. So spoiled. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't... That would be weird. They'll sound like just little baby mountains. They are. They're little hills. Little, little, little bunny hills. Mountains. You're so cute. <laughs> yeah, it's like you, you'll get like a steep mountain. Like you'll get a, like a steep run and it's like 20 feet long. Oh. <laughs> it's like, it's like yeah, this is like black diamond. It's super hard. It's like, okay, well, it's super minutes. short. <laughs> 
exactly. Oh, that's funny. Um, well, good. I think I'm glad we discussed our libations since that's actually part of our podcast and we keep missing it. Um, <laughs> so before we start discussing Sally Rooney's book, Beautiful World, Where Are You? Um, just to give you guys a rundown, the next book that we're going to be discussing uh, will be over two episodes. Um, and it's Little Women by Louisa May Alcott. I thought Sadie and I both thought that would be a nice like Christmassy it's, season. I think it's appropriate for sure. Yeah, I don't know why I necessarily connect that book with Christmas, but I do. And I thought that would be a fun one. And hopefully most of you are familiar enough by either reading the book or seeing the many, many movie mm-hmm. iterations that have been done that you can enjoy the podcast even if you don't get through Little Women. But I recommend reading it because it is a great book. I agree. Um, and I love the backstory of it, like in Louisa May Alcott. And mm-hmm. it's just such a part of our lexicon. So that'll be good. And then we're going to... Uh, our episode after that, we're finally going to, hopefully we'll be able to watch Netflix's um, Power of the Dog. Power of the Dog adaptation, which I'm really excited to watch it. Me too. Have you watched it yet? No, I haven't. Cause it, okay. Well, it's because it's only in theaters right now. It comes on Netflix December 1st. So oh, that's right. That's right. I haven't okay. gone so to I'm see it So I'm excited about theaters. that. Yeah. I haven't either. I'm not going, I haven't been to a movie in the theaters since pre-covid you know what brian and i have been going um we've gone i really like to go see movies and theaters here are super nice and it's like a small it's small theaters Mm -hmm. um so i felt i felt pretty okay with going but yeah it's not even that i feel like i just got out of the like not habit but like it just didn't even register because like we didn't go a ton but we would go frequently yeah. to see movies and then I just like stopped and so um Kendrick and I try and do once a month we rotate and like I'll have a activity with just Lachlan oh, and he'll cute. have one with just Callan like so I took Callan to Frozen last month um at the Eccles Theater and then they went to like some Halloween thing at the zoo and so this month it's my turn with just Lachlan so he and I are going to go see that new Disney movie and Cantante oh okay um and so we're actually going to go see that in the theaters. And I'm like, wow, I haven't That's been so like fun. more than two years since I've been to a movie theater. So, yeah. And again, it's not like a necessarily I'm nervous about it. I don't think it's any more so than anything any else other we do. Place I'm going to. Yeah. yeah it's it, it's just like I got out of the habit. Like, yeah. And then, you know, everything's just so available, like yeah. on streaming. So it's like, oh, that's easy. Yeah. You don't have to get a babysitter or anything, but. Yeah, I really liked it. Brian and I have turned it into kind of like our standard date nights. Like, we'll go get drinks or something beforehand, and then we'll walk down. Because the theater is, like, right on the main street of Pittsfield. So we're able to go to a bar, get some drinks, and then go to the movie. And you can have drinks at the movie, which is nice. And then (laughs) popcorn and get food and stuff. It's, it's, we have a lot of fun. And we actually kind of like it more when the movies are terrible. Oh yeah. Well then you can just make fun of them. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's awesome. That sounds nice. Um, so yeah, so we'll be doing that and we're also going to kind of do a year recap. So we'll kind of talk about all the books that we've done and maybe come up with some top five lists or mm-hmm. just different things. So we don't have it all decided yet, but that should be a fun episode to do. So yeah, um, hopefully you guys can tune into that one as well. And then 
we'll start with another book in January. So once we know what that's going to be, uh, we'll let you know. Um, is there anything else we need to talk about before we get into the book? I don't think so, except if you have not finished Beautiful World, Where Are You? You should finish it before listening to this episode because we are yes. going to be talking about the whole book. Yeah, spoiler alert. So, yeah. No, we're just, yeah. I'm not, I mean. It's not really like a spoiler. A spoiler, book. but yeah, we're going to yeah. talk about the whole thing. So, um, well, Sadie, this was your suggestion. So do you want to give kind of either like a summary or a rundown or kind of however you want to introduce the book? Sure. So the crux really of this book is the relationship between two women. It's Alice and Eileen, and they're friends who met in college in Dublin. And this is kind of about them later on in their life. They're hitting 30, maybe 31, and they're going through kind of some relationship changes and personal changes and and their friendship has kind of gone uh, a little bit sour a little a little bit but still very close um but it's just kind of about their friendship and then also what like these romantic relationships are that they have so Alice is a novelist she has this ongoing relationship which is a really interesting relationship um, with a man named Felix who works in this little town that she's living in while she's kind of taking a quote-unquote break from public life after a mental breakdown. And then Eileen is still living in Dublin and she is kind of recovering from a breakup of like a long relationship and she's kind of starting to really like recognize some stronger feelings and get to know again, this man named Simon, who she met when she was a teenager. Um, and -hmm. they've been really good friends and, and Simon and Eileen and Alice have all, they all know each other. They've all really been great friends for a long time. And it's just kind of about this whole dynamic between these four people and the complexities of that. And then also like kind of, I guess, I don't know the complexities a little bit of like fame and also like intellectualism versus I think kind of I don't I don't know kind of more of like working class attitudes a little bit it's it's interesting I you can tell that Sally Rooney is like very conscious and aware of like uh, class differences and that usually comes I think pretty strong through her novels yeah I think that's I see, I, I feel like I see that a lot in, well, I don't know. Maybe that's an ignorant statement. I just feel like I notice it a lot in British literature because I think there's yeah. such a focus on class or any sort of literature that's like, I mean, it's not just in like England or Ireland or Scotland, but like, you know, any of the many places they've colonized because it's just such a thing, like that yeah. idea of class and it's so prevalent. Like, of course, that exists everywhere, but I feel like they're almost more blatant about it like here in america Mm -hmm. we like to pretend we don't have like a class system so we're not Mm -hmm. as it's not as talked about i think as much um but yeah i think it's definitely a part of her literature for sure yeah so i think think you see it most with sat with um alice and felix yeah for sure which yeah i guess maybe i don't know the best way to kind of hit this because this book doesn't have 
a ton of plot really yeah which I really liked about it like I think it's interesting so I mean because the book really is that yeah there's not much of a plot it really just focuses on the relationship between Alice and Eileen and then Felix and Alice and Simon and Eileen Mm -hmm. and then the four of them Mm -hmm. and I like it because it's it yeah it, it doesn't really have a plot and it's actually I think a quite happy ending it is um which I really liked because I was anticipating it to not be a happy ending you know the ending being Mm -hmm. that like so so basically Alice um is the successful novelist and then she has a nervous breakdown and she ends up renting this like it's like an old church right like in this small town something like some huge it's a huge building building. yeah in in this like small town uh, you know outside of Dublin a ways and she meets Felix they go on like a tinder date and, and it awful. does not go well yeah it's like the most uncomfortable this awful date but they continue to like end up seeing each other and they end up going to Rome I think yeah. together she's there to do like press for one of her books and then they kind of develop this relationship and then in the end they are in this relationship like they've continued it and it seems to have continued to progress well yeah and then Eileen and Simon have known each other since I mean I think he's what like 10 years older than her and they've known each other since she was a a baby uh and he's been like this childhood best friend all the way up and she is kind of recently had a, a breakup with a long-term relationship that she's like dealing with. And so she kind of reconnect, not reconnects because it sounds like they were always kind of friends and connected, but like start spending more time Mm -hmm. with Simon again. And he just kind of is single. He like works for parliament. I think he works for some party. He works for a party. Yeah. Like he's, he's yeah. And I think politics. it's kind of like a labor party. I think yeah. like based on what it makes it sound like he's more of the, and I really, we'll talk about this too. I think it's interesting how much his, um, his being Catholic is mm-hmm. a part of the book and is discussed. Cause I forget that that's a thing, you know, in yeah. the Catholic <laughs> and the Protestant divide. And like, it's interesting how like pretty much the other three characters outside of Simon are seem very obviously like atheists, if anything, yeah. and are really, um, confused and by his religion. But then you see, like Alice kind of start to maybe have some, yeah. So yeah. the whole religion part's interesting too. But so Eileen and Simon, it's like, they're really good friends and they have sex and they obviously love each other deeply, but she's, they both seem to not be able to cross that divide to be in a relationship together or yeah. put a name to it at least. And then in the end they end up together and she's, she's pregnant and yeah. happy about it and like overjoyed. And so like, very happy endings and it was just really nice and but yeah I think the whole fact that there isn't really this plot is interesting and she even kind of like talks about that in the book like like I love the structure of this book so it's like told in emails between Alice and Eileen writing emails to each other where they go off on these I mean just I'm like I want to do emails like this I know you know what that's so she did this with normal people as well like Connell and Marianne did this in in normal people and that's when at first I was like I want email correspondence like this like thoughtful like really long emails that are developed over like probably days 
um, really personal and like deep and not superficial in any way. And I loved this correspondence between them. It was so like, you can see kind of like the, the, the ways that they, these friends push against each other in some regard, like you can see tension there, but you can also see like, there's so much love and appreciation. And the fact that like, they can just write these emails to each other is beautiful. And it's almost like a way for them to work stuff out, like about the world and about, you know, just all of the things that we deal with as people, because the book isn't really about anything other than these four people. It doesn't Mm -hmm. really necessarily address much. It kind of like comes right up to the edges of discussing maybe certain social issues or things like that, but it doesn't really get into it. And, and, but then they have these long emails where you can tell they're talking about how, you know, we're so focused on our internal world, but then there's all this external stuff that we're wondering about. And they have these like philosophical Mm -hmm. conversations and historical conversations. But then like in the end, you know, it's almost like they're discussing what is the purpose of contemporary literature. I feel like she's doing that through Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. Like, is it okay to just have a book that's just about relationships and people and, or does it always need to be addressing social issues? And I think that, you know, they even kind of talk about how we love humanity so much or it's so interesting and so complex and so ever changing that it's okay to just have a book that's just about that. Does that yeah. make sense? Like, yeah. Well, I think, I think it's like there, there's a, in, I think some ways discussion about kind of the ethicalities of just living like a life focused on love and relationships and, and not mm-hmm. being so like involved in, in more like I guess I would say like radical like activism you know like yeah like is it ethical to have children is it ethical to like be in love like blah 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 I think that's like the first level of it of like this is kind of the question that the characters are grappling with but then also I think like the author and then by extension I mean Alice who's just seems like an almost an autobiographical figure i don't know if that's of of sally i I don't know i i feel like that too and i feel like there's hints of it but then at at one point alice says something i think it's in an email to eileen where she's like talking about she's kind of complaining about her success and her fame and she's saying like people think they know me Mm -hmm. through my work and they don't you know so Mm -hmm. i feel like there's little things in there like again put takes you right up to the edge of things Mm -hmm. but then so yeah i mean i do think alice has you can see a lot of similarities, even if you don't really know who Sally Rooney is that much, just because of, I don't know, just there's well, so many, and, what seem like connections, but then she Sally makes that Rooney point. And so I think that's private. fun. Sally Rooney is a really yeah. private author. Like, I think it's so funny. I, I really like to read the little author bios that they put mm-hmm. in the back, you know? And I think like, you know, some are really, in depth like she lives in new york with her husband or blah 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 hers is just she is an irish novelist these are the books like she's written this is like that's it that's all that she really divulges of herself but so it, it is hard to see but i think like even if if alice is like issues and kind of personality don't match up exactly with sally rooney i think like the um, I think the same kind of conflicts and, and problems that she's 
grappling with are probably the same, like dealing with fame, dealing with like what it means to have this be your job where you just like go to book events and get interviewed and like, I don't know. There's also this like really interesting conversation in the book about like even whether or not you can consider like being an author work. Do you know what I mean? Like they all yeah. kind of like look yeah. down on, at her in a they certain do, regard. But then there's this, there's this other juxtaposition where like Felix has never read any of her books, mm-hmm. hasn't even heard of her. And like his friends, when she meets his friends, they kind of know who she is. And then they look up on Wikipedia, all this stuff about her and seem a little like impressed, you know, mm-hmm. and he hasn't read her books, never reads her books. Like, and at the end, mm-hmm. she kind of points out that like now they're together and people ask if he's read him and he still says no. And I think it's an interesting, like, it's almost like that's part of his appeal to her a little bit is like some of that separation yeah. i don't know it's you know what though if there's anything i hated about this book it's the character of felix i he really you didn't like I felix hated him i thought he was cruel i thought he was cruel he goes oh, tell me tell me more about that he literally says i don't think like anybody's ever cared about you well he does i mean he does say some cruel things to her that is true he it seems like he goes from being like like he goes from like having sex with her and during sex telling her all these things that he loves about her, how beautiful she is, how great she is, how smart she is, etc. And then they'll just kind of sit there and then he'll just kind of go down this weird track of just trying to like make her feel bad about something. Like and she's she there's even this part where she says, "Can you stop?" like just critiquing my personality all the time. Mm, mm-hmm. Like yeah. he, he kind of, I think like this is kind of where the class issue comes in. I think a lot is like he has to, he's working through, I think insecurity about their class differences. Yeah. So backstory on Felix. So he's from this small town that she's now living in and isn't necessarily where he maybe considered himself to be or thought he would be in life. He's working at like a shipping warehouse. I picture it almost like an Amazon kind of thing. And he's miserable at the job, like talks about how he's like, it's, they keep it so cold and his hands get so cold that he'll like slice up his hands and not even notice because his hands are so cold, which I, th- I thought that was really interesting descriptions of that. Um, and he lives in like a house with a couple other people and, isn't uh, his parents are dead and he's got a poor relationship with his brother since his mom died um and uh he's bisexual Mm -hmm. um yeah has this flirtatious relationship with simon um so that's his backstory so yeah continue with what you're saying about the class i just figured there's probably some people who haven't read the book yeah (laughs) i just think that he like i just think he keeps trying to bring her down because he thinks so highly of her I don't know it's so complicated but there were some things that he said to her and I wish that I had tagged them in here that I gasped and I like could not believe that she let him stay do you know what I mean like and I think she kind of she must like it 
to a certain extent of just kind of being treated like, I guess, he treats her like not any kinder than I think he would like anybody else. And I think that there is a certain appeal to that when you're like being sucked up to all the time, maybe as like a celebrity. But I think he just can be so cruel and it just baffled me. That's so interesting. We just looked at that differently. Like, I mean, I think he said some really cruel things, but I think, I feel like the relationship with uh, Felix and Alice was like up until the end. And that's like what it, it, it was just like this constant power play. And like, I didn't necessarily think that she liked how he spoke to her or treated her. I think she didn't like it. Mm. But I think that when you don't think very much of yourself, you know, you don't necessarily hold others to treating you well. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, and that's how I more interpreted it. But, you know, we see things differently based on how we feel like our own experiences. And I've certainly been in at least one more relationships where like, you don't think you're worth that. So like you allow people to say things to you that are not okay and are cruel because it just makes sense. Like it reaffirms what you already think, what you think. Yeah. So it's not like you really like it. It's just, it's like, Oh, of course. I guess, so. Um, I guess though that kind of like, that's still, I mean, cause she had, a, still a, she had like, like a nervous breakdown. Like, Oh, yeah. I don't like it e- either. I don't like those things. I don't necessarily, it's not that I thought he was a great person. I just, I guess I saw, I didn't necessarily view him as, as cruel. I looked at him as someone who was like, very like confident in himself, but used to other people not thinking much of him. You know, he's Mm -hmm. from this small town. He's not necessarily what most people consider successful, but Mm -hmm. like, I love the scene where he like sings and you learn Mm -hmm. that he has this wonderful voice and was actually pretty talented. I love the scenes with him and like the dog that they have at their house, how like the previous owners left the dog and he, like took care of it and was really patient with the dog and is very, you know, and I loved like, I feel like there were glimpses of Felix of like a truly good person, but just put up a very, just like a, not an armor, you know? Yeah. I guess attacking as a way to protect himself. But again, it's, you know, you look at things based on your own experiences. I mean, he, He's an interesting character. I will say that. Like, I think that he adds conflict to the story. Like, I think he he kind of susses out, I think, yeah. maybe the I stuff him that people some... need to say. Yeah. I thought he was more interesting than Simon. And I yeah. like Simon, but I, I thought he was more interesting than Simon. And I also thought that he, because Alice, Simon, and Eileen all knew each other. Yeah. Before Felix came in the picture and Alice and Simon seem to have a, a pretty close friendship. I mean, it's definitely just friendship. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think Felix really acted as like a, I don't want to say instigator. What's the word I'm thinking of? Like something that causes catalyst. Yes. I feel like he acted as a catalyst for the three for Alice, Eileen and, and Simon to like shift their trajectories because I feel like like with Alice and Eileen you know because because 
Felix says stuff like he brings up to kind of both of them. Like, why haven't you guys visited each other before? Like Mm -hmm. at the end of the book, towards the end, um, Simon and uh, Eileen come to visit Alice and they stay at the house with her and the four of them spend time together doing things, you know, and and I love those scenes. They go to the beach and they go to a party for uh, Felix's friends and they, you know, go out together and, uh, and he says to both of them, like, well, why haven't you guys seen, seen each other? And I think he brings up stuff that they need to examine about their friendship and how they treat each other and how I feel like they use each other. I feel like Alice and Eileen use each other unknowingly, but as a way to like reckon, like reconcile their own issues. Does that make sense? And they kind of got in the habit of like being there for each other as far as like with these emails and their conversations and Mm -hmm. having their history Mm -hmm. and being each other's best friend. And they almost got to the point where they almost took all that for granted. Right. And stopped thinking necessarily about maybe how the other person is feeling because they just assume they know. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, they maybe stopped being as good of listeners to each other or as good as friends, even though they are still really good friends deep down, but they just didn't quite I feel like he acted as quite a catalyst for them to kind of re-examine so that they could move forward both in their friendship and in their own lives. Yeah. Well, I think that they did need like an outside force to kind of like make them be a little bit more self-critical a little bit, like especially Eileen. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Eileen, I really loved that character. I like, I loved her a lot actually. But I think that she is a little like self-destructive and you like you kind of see this in her relationship assignment. It's like right when she he's just kind of like a puppy in a way and just like wants to be respectful and not push her in any direction. And that kind of leads him to being, I think, kind of silent on how he truly feels. And so she he kind of just like lets her call the shots all the time. And as soon as she gets to this point where, like, they seem to be in, like, a good space, like, um, he, she, she says something where she, she does something that kind of puts them back to where they were. And she keeps kind of pushing them back. And he's, the whole time, I think he's just kind of there, like, ready to be all in if she is. And yeah. this kind of, like, self-destructive behavior a little bit, I think, is called out when she's visiting Alice a a bit by Felix and then also just all of the things kind of going on with all of them just in one house together. But I I do think like that kind of calling out is necessary, but I just think he was like really insensitive. Like, like he just still to me, like I think you can do those things and you can still like do it in a way that like, isn't rude <laughs> like I don't know like oh, no I mean they were harsh like I would certainly never want to be I would I would hate if I was in some of those situations for sure but I, I feel like I feel like it was interesting if, just how the characters all interacted with each other because I feel like with mm. Simon I feel like part of his not his issue but the issue with him and Eileen is like I feel like Eileen and Alice both don't have much faith in themselves yeah or what they're doing or where they're going, which is totally normal and understandable. And especially like the age group that she's writing in. And then like the time period, because at the end of the book, it's like during the pandemic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But like they don't have much faith in themselves 
or anything really. And I think they kind of look to each other to anchor each other. And then Simon has faith in God. Yeah. Like he has this faith, which I think is interesting because I think it, um, at least how he's written, uh, explains a lot of his behavior, like, Mm -hmm. and not in ways that you think like they're all surprised that he has like premarital sex or things like that. And I think it's just his faith is what keeps him grounded. Eileen and Alice don't really have faith in anything. So they're not very grounded. And then I feel like Felix has faith in himself. Yeah. Like, and that can cause him to be pretty harsh, especially to people who don't. Yeah. You know, and I think it's, especially if you look at someone who on the surface, like seems like, what do you have to be upset about? You have money and you live in this big house and you have friends and you can do what you want. Like, what do you have to be? So I think that's kind of on him. Like, I think that's an ignorant way to look at things. Like everybody has their shit, you know? Well, I think it's like, he's confident, but I think it's, but it, it comes off as bullying to me. So it's not like, it doesn't come off as real confidence to me. Like, see, I didn't think it was like confidence. I feel like it was just, he, he knows who he is and he's fine with who he is. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe that's not, not fine, but like he, he is who he is and he's still working on himself, but like, he's not like, he just has faith in himself. Like, I think that scene where him and Alice, um, I think they're still in Rome and they have a conversation about what, like the worst thing each other has, like they oh, have done. Yeah. I thought that was a great scene because that's a man talk about being vulnerable. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's pretty open with his sexuality to her. Um, so yeah, I guess I just, and so I think that led me to forgive a lot of his behavior because I don't know why, but I didn't see him as cruel. That's, but this is just interesting how we, yeah, it is interesting how well, they came off differently. You know, there was, I liked Alice more than I liked Eileen. Yeah. I think Eileen, like frustrated me in some ways more, but you know what? Alice frustrated me a lot too, because mm-hmm. I couldn't, mostly because I just like really disliked Felix and you know it's so funny when you say like you can read him either way just depending on like how you picture his tone too when he says things like this part in the book where um they had sex and she had told him that she loved him and he never says it. He doesn't say it back. He's just like, I know. yeah, I know so you do. Awful. He's like, he's such a fucking dickhead. And she, she's like, I love you. And he's like, yeah, that doesn't like happen to you very often, does it? Like, that's pretty quick. And she's like, yeah, <laughs> basically, she's just like, I guess I don't fall in love very often. And he just watches her. And then he just like tears her down. Like he says, um, he talks about how like they don't come to see her. And keeps bringing it up. And she just says nothing. And the thing that, okay, this is the thing is like, I feel like he just doesn't read the room and she's Mm. not responding to him. So like, to me, that's a clear sign that someone's upset and maybe you should like cater to them a little bit more. And instead he just like, doesn't check that she is in any way upset. And he just said, I was thinking about it all over Italy, watching you do your reading and your autographs and all that. I wouldn't go so far to say as you work hard because your job's a laugh compared to mine, but you have a lot of people wanting things off you. And I just think for all the fuss they make over you, none of them actually care about you. I don't know if anybody does. 
And then he just like looks at her and this is like post sex. And he just says, I don't think anybody in the world cares about you. And she's so, you can tell she's upset. She's like, you must really hate me. He's like, no, but I don't love you. Like, it's so, to me, that's, like, so fucking rude. Like, read the room. <laughs> like, if you're, if you want to say, you know, you should really stand up for yourself. Like, it sucks that none of your friends or family have come to visit you. Like, I really feel for you. That sucks. That's, like, one thing. But then saying that none of your fans care about you, none of your editors, none of your publishers, nobody gives a shit about you. I don't even give a shit about you. Like, that's... It's hard. It's, it's hard. I, mean, I, I don't want to be in a relationship with him. Like, I certainly couldn't handle it. No. That's why I but was I, shocked yeah. that they end up together at the end of the book. And like, I mean, who See, knows I if they end up together, but I was surprised it worked out because so one of the reasons why I thought it wasn't going to work out was because she talks about she I can't remember if it's in an email or if it's just kind of her, her internal monologue. But she's thinking about how, like, the state of mind that she was in when she was able to write her books. And it was after a bad breakup with a woman. And the woman, like, broke her heart to the point that she just fueled everything into those books. And she writes two books. And then she says when she went to this town, like, she specifically said, maybe it's time for me to, like, fall in love again so that I can, like, be broken up with and then be able to write again. Because she's kind of in this writing slump. Right? But Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah, and I mean she gets out of it at the end. Yeah. See, and I I don't know. Like I loved like the last two chapters, I think were my favorite chapters. Mm. Which I was surprised that I was so into this happy ending because I was surprised that there would be a happy ending. But mm-hmm. I love how they talk like I yeah, I really I really liked it and I liked more of the conversations that came out in it, like so chapter 29, where Alice is writing to Eileen and, and it kind of brings up the religion element. And she says, um, where is it? If you have the hardcover, I think it's page 346. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of which, when Felix saw I was writing you an email, he said, you should tell her you're Catholic now. This is because he recently asked me if I believed in God. And I said, I don't know. He went around shaking his head all day after that and then told me that if I go off and join a convent, I shouldn't expect any visits from him. Needless to say, I'm not going to join a convent, nor am I even Catholic as far as I know. I only feel, rightly or wrongly, that there is something underneath everything. When one person kills or harms another person, then there is something, isn't there? Not Mm -hmm. simply atoms flying around in various configurations through empty space. I don't know how to explain myself, really. But I feel that it does matter not to hurt other people, even in one's own self-interest. Felix, of course, agrees with this sentiment as far as it goes. And he points out, quite reasonably, that nobody goes around committing mass murders just because they don't believe in God. But increasingly, I think it's because, in one way or another, they do believe in God. They believe in the God that is the deep, buried principle of goodness and love underneath everything. And it goes on. But like, I feel like mm-hmm. that showed, one, it's such an interesting thing to think about, but then also kind of why they worked because it's like, Mm. I mean, I mean, even some of that is kind of an asshole. Like, Oh, if you join a convent, don't expect me to come visit you. Like, you know, just kind of this like harsh sarcasm, but then at the same time, like they kind of can give each other space to, to evolve, you Mm -hmm. know, like, cause she didn't start out necessarily 
being as communicative about like religious beliefs or her belief in God or spirituality. But so like that kind of enabled, like she kind of had this room to grow a little bit, which sometimes you can when maybe there aren't expectations of you. You know, it's almost Mm -hmm. like he didn't, you know, didn't even care about her, didn't love her. That was kind of the message. Didn't expect anything of her, didn't read her books. Like there's almost no pressure on her to be a certain way. So it gives her room to kind of figure it out herself versus based off of someone else's interest in you or love or thoughts about you. Whereas like Simon and Eileen, like I feel like they both kind of had each other on pedestals a little bit. Yeah. Partly probably because of their age gap. You know, she knew him from when she was a small child and he was very kind to her. And, you know, she says at one point he like something he said or did like prevented her from like killing herself. Yeah. And that's a, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Like to be that person for someone. And then in the same extent that you can tell how much he loves Eileen and you know, no matter what the situation is, he's going to take care of her. And then she starts to almost resent that idea of having to be taken care of. She wants to be the one that takes care of him. So I feel like their relationship, they almost didn't, I mean, then they're still worked out too, because they think they kind of finally got on the same page and stopped looking at each other as like, um, you know, just these people on this pedestal mm-hmm. and these maybe figures that they used to be, and they saw each other for what they were now. And I feel like Alice and Felix, because of meeting later in life and all sorts of different things, maybe that enabled them. So that's why I thought they worked out is they just, maybe it wasn't always in the kindest way, Yeah. but they gave each other room to grow and evolve and, and be who they really were. Yeah. Yeah. I still don't like them, but I like, I like that perspective. (laughs) That's okay. You don't have to like him. I mean, we've already established we would not go after the same men. So it's It's okay. Like you like those pasty British (laughs) detectives. I did not. So it's okay. I'm not surprised. I guess just that's because it is, he, he said some really cruel things and I'm like, how to just kind of figure out why I wanted them to work versus was like, get out of there, girl. Like I wanted them to work and I actually liked him and her. So yeah, I just kind of had to think through in my head why, because on the surface I was like, yeah, this is, if I said I love you to someone and they just are silent, especially like you've just had, oh, and then we have to talk about the sex scenes in this book. We do. Well, so that was kind of what I I was going to, well, that's kind of what I was going to say because, um, like, I, th- I think it's an interesting as like you trying to figure out why you wanted them to work out. It was kind of the same thing of like, why did I want Simon and Eileen to work out so badly? Right. Like, yeah, this is funny. I feel like we each had like our our horse we were betting on. Yeah. We we're different horses. <laughs> they won. Both won. They yeah, all both won. won. Like... Happy ending for all. <laughs> Yeah, I so yeah. What did you think about the sex scenes in this book? I thought they were like really beautiful for the most part. Like I think that they were. It's they're sex scenes that I felt like every single scene in the book was important and like added to the story. Like it wasn't just smart. Yeah, I don't think they were. They weren't gratuitous. I feel like it. All the scenes. Um also said a lot about the characters like you could tell a lot about who they were through how they interacted sexually I feel like they were 
pretty realistic sex scenes. Mm-hmm. I feel like, um, yeah, I, I mean, like, I think she gets a lot of attention for like the fact that she, like how she writes about sex in her books, Yeah, which I think is interesting that she gets so much attention because it's like, it, I think it just highlights how much is missing in other literature or how much of it is bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, that's why it's such a standout, not because it's really like, I don't think that those were the most interesting parts of the book, but I, and I'm not saying you do either. I'm just saying, I think that gets a lot of attention. Same with normal people did mm-hmm. like in general, I think she's kind of known for that. And I think that says more about the fact that most people can't talk about it or write it well, or as yeah. a society, we don't know how to talk about, like, it's still such a thing. So, right. Like she doesn't, yeah, she doesn't it, make it like the central part of the story, but she makes it a realistic part of the story because it's, yes. it's and that unrealistic it's part of relationships. Exactly. It's like the ages that these women are mm-hmm. and men are, and, and it is a central part of your relationship. Like yeah. both having it or not having it. And, those what those interactions are like and what it does to the dynamic of your relationship and yeah it's well and and how like totally realistic and i think like how certain aspects of relationships like there's a a level of vulnerability and inhibitions that are lost in during sex and i think that she gets to that in a really interesting way and like ways that these characters aren't going to be like regular like day-to-day life and I think that's like that's realistic I think and Mm -hmm. especially between Eileen and Simon I think yeah um there's the one sex scene that really stands out to me with them it's like the longest one in the book I think and it's on the couch it's like it's like right oh yeah she, she comes over after she was like a work event with friends or something. Well, she goes, she stops off twice. There's one time that she goes over and like, they don't hook up. And then there's one time that they go over and they like really talk and they, they tell each other that they love each other during sex. And like, and they, like, he really talks to her and like, there's a lot of foreplay in that scene and Mm -hmm. vulnerability and like him wanting to, and like the sexual dynamic of him kind of like taking more control and like praising her, telling her that she's good, like all these kinds of like levels to their relationship that they're that's not really going to come out in like dinner conversation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's such an yeah. like it's such an important level to their relationship, I think, because it shows kind of his need to be a caretaker in a way yeah. and like her need to like I think the way that she likes to be taken care of by him but then afterwards at the same time like, like resents the, it the resents there's a resentment of it yeah. and like I feel like it has to it comes through in the sex scene differently than it comes through I think in their regular interactions and it was something that yeah. I really appreciated and I thought was like I thought it was important to like understanding their dynamic. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I I feel like all the scenes added to something and yeah, it was all integral to the story and very realistic. And like, like I said, I, I think it's just, it says almost just as much about how sex is written about Mm -hmm. in most literature as it does about how she, you know what I mean? Like, well, like it's almost puts a spotlight on it. She does. And it's, it's unfortunate that it's looked down on so much. And I think 
I think like literature kind of gets a weird rap sometimes when sex in, is involved in the book like heavily because most people just I think and well anyway I did for a long time go immediately into thinking of like smutty romance novels like harlequin romance mm. like bodice rippers from the like the 1980s and those are like really looked down upon genres because and I'm not saying that they should be by any means like I'm not saying it's fantastic writing like the height of literature by any means like those books obviously like serve a specific purpose but I think that they're really really looked down on because of like the key demographic that they cater to which are like repressed middle-aged women and I think that this book does a good job of like kind of integrating those things into a genre and a book that I think is more open for everybody to read yeah well and and is molds in well with the whole story you know i mean this this novel is about these four people and their relationships to themselves and each other and the world and and sex is a part of that yeah yeah so yeah i thought it i really really liked this novel um and the more i thought about it after the more i liked it and i like how she played with um what's the word i'm trying to think of but just like how you know some of it's email some of she has text exchange she has Mm -hmm. these chapters where it's like each line switches off and it's what alice is doing and at the same time what felix is doing like to kind of highlight the differences in their day um you know i i just think it was it was a little bit more exploratory is or like adventurous than her other novels as far as like different styles which i which i thought was interesting because i think it just highlighted the different ways that we do communicate you know, whether it's through, like, I thought it was interesting how much it, it, she mostly does it with Felix, how like, we'll say he checked his phone, 10 notifications came in, you know, like mm-hmm. how much our phone and social media and all that is a part of their life, but she doesn't really make a judgment on any of it. It's just what it is. Yeah. And I just thought it was interesting how she used all these different styles to, to communicate just like how we, all these different ways that we are communicating with ourselves and with each other and like there's just a lot of stuff going on and it can be really hard Mm -hmm. to to find yourself and to figure out how you fit in and how you fit with other people and I think that her style of writing like what she chooses to do highlighted that as well yeah I think she captures like what it is like to be a thoughtful adult especially in like Mm -hmm. affluent society more affluent society even if even if you're like not wealthy being in the United States, being in the UK, you're still like given certain privileges that other people in other countries don't have. And I think she like she really, I think, embodies that. And it's a great portrayal of what it is really like. And I love too like the complicated nature of all of it. Like oh, there's like this part of the book where she says like I can't remember which character says that. It might be Eileen, but she says like we're so unlucky to have like be in this world like right when it's ending because there's this this uh like i think social cultural and environmental anxiety that just like hangs over everything and i think that that is realistic especially for millennials like i think it's something we're all thinking about 
and she brings it up i think again if not the only time when she's talking about how she's pregnant like at the mm-hmm. end because mm-hmm. she's like because that that is that's something you think about like about bringing more life into the world when you think it may be ending like yeah well it's really it's, funny we talked about this when you came to boston and we were we well maybe it was just me and Kendrick that had this conversation we we were walking around and I like talked about how I was like oh I don't know if it's like really ethical for me to bring in like another human into the world like blah 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 Mm -hmm. and he was like well Sadie you don't know like maybe your kid's the one that saves us all (laughs) (laughs) that's such a Kendrick thing to say yeah (laughs) but no I mean and I think her her response to it is interesting like um like just talking about that i'm trying to find the page she says something about it like about why like what she justifies it with but i mean and even what she says isn't necessarily important it's more i mean it is but it's more of just the fact that they're having these conversations and talking about them and and i think like that the last two chapters part of why i loved them so much too is i feel like you kind of see finally how these this email communication to each other became more about them listening to each other and engaging with each other not just like almost using each other as like a mm-hmm. venting board which is totally fine and normal and that's what friends are too mm-hmm. but you've also like it, it seemed like it was getting a little self-destructive with both of them like they weren't necessarily yeah helping each other well it got really much, heated you know, they was, said some like rude things to each other over email yeah and like it just again because I feel like they weren't happy with themselves they didn't know what they were doing and they kind of took it out on each other and had those resentments and then the last two chapters you see this no this is what can be so beautiful about friendships is like it enables you to when you know when you can really listen to other people and empathize it not only helps them but helps yourself and Mm -hmm. um then you grow more as a person and I feel like you see that in those two chapters um which was it was really cool because I mean not like the rest of the book is doesn't drag it's really a great a great quick read I feel yeah. like yeah for sure but um you get a lot or I got a lot out of the last like half of the book for sure yeah I liked seeing the um I liked kind of the feeling that things were unraveling and like because I kind of I was really worried about how Eileen and Alice's relationship was going to like recover right right like for a minute there you almost think like okay they're not like that's how the book's gonna end yeah is that they're not friends anymore no one's friends like everyone just splits off yeah but I loved happens I loved that yeah like that does happen and sometimes that needs to happen like I've definitely had friends that I was friends with for a long time that it was better for all that we stopped being friends but I loved that in this book it's like it, it was kind of like I felt like she kind of gotcha me for my own cynicism <laughs> right yeah like I think my own like <coughs> cynicism of what friendships can be like or what people are like or um how one argument can like completely unravel a relationship like I think like it's not yeah. that I actually feel that way but I think I'm like cynical about it in a certain way you just assume yeah, yeah it seems like of course that's what's gonna happen yeah and then she just is just like no actually these yeah. people really care and love each other and they can go through conflict and still find each other at the end and I think that's really awesome yeah it's it's lovely and it's reassuring mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, so great choice. Good Thank pick. Thank you. Thanks. Um, was there anything else you wanted to bring up about the book? No, but it made me want to rewatch Normal People. You need to watch it right. on Hulu. I'll it's watch so it. good. It's, I'll add it. I'll add it to my list. I, apparently, I need to watch Yellowstone. I've had like so many people <laughs> tell me about that, and I think we're in like four seasons in. We're watching the Dexter reboot. Oh, did you watch all of the series? Like, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I never finished it. Yeah, I watched all. Of, yeah, so we're watching the Dexter reboot, the new Star Trek Discovery up like season <laughs> just premiered. So I've got that. That's like top of the list. Mm-hmm. Um, we watched the first episode last night. So like, there's a lot. You guys um, are the cutest Trekkies in the world. Like, I love how both of you are <laughs> such Trekkies. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, and then I am, I said, I have to plug this book. I, it's too much. There's no way we could, we would have to like create a, another podcast for just this book. But I'm reading the love song. Well, I'm almost done with it. The Love Songs of W.E.B. Du Bois. Oh. By, I'm not, I know I won't say her name correctly. Um, Honoré Fanon Jeffers. Okay. It's amazing it's epic like my if i had to pick a book that i would always would mostly say is one of my favorites it's 100 years of solitude by gabriel garcia marquez yeah which is like again this huge family epic and this like it's i don't want to say it's like that because it's it's a own thing Mm -hmm. but it makes me think of that i find Mm -hmm. similar connections and it's so good so it's just it's this um black family but it talks about both how they are in present day, like specifically with this, there's three sisters, but it talks about her parents and like all of their lineage from all the way from like when they came to America and just all the different things that have happened. And it talks a lot about like, you know, mixed race and Mm. religion. Like it just, it's so much. There's just, it's huge but so good. That's I awesome. cannot recommend this book enough. Yeah, it is stunning. You all have to get this book. It's so, 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 so good. Yeah, I'll pick it up. Like, yeah, it's great. I mean, and it's a it's a big one. Yeah. <laughs> so, be prepared. It's a big one, but um, it's really good. So are you reading anything else besides what we're... You know what? I just started My Brilliant Friend. <gasps> oh, I love that. I know. That you picked up when you were here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Her, her series is real. All her stuff's really good. So you'll have to let me know what you think. Yeah, I will. I only, they made, I only I just they made a show off of that too. I wouldn't be surprised based off of just like the first like four chapters that I've read. It's really I'm, great. I'm so pretty far. sure. I'm going to look that up. I'm pretty sure I saw, I haven't, obviously I haven't watched it, but let's see if they made something. There's three novels, right? It's like the Neapolitan yes. novels well, and there's three yes. or four. Mm-hmm. Um, there's three, no four, sorry. Um, did she make a, I can't find it if there is one. I swear there was like a, yes, it was an HBO series of just the first volume. So maybe you'll have to watch it after you read. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Um, great gift idea. If anyone wants to give someone (laughs) some books, that would be a good, like that series. They have some really pretty, um, like groupings of it. Oh yeah, and like the the books and like the book covers are really beautiful. I love I love when like yeah. series. I love getting different editions of series that mm-hmm. look beautiful together. We're such nerds. I know. Um, I know. What's oh? Do you have like well, a book that you collect? Like even if you already have a copy of it, if you see like a cool copy mm-hmm. of it, do you grab it? No, 
Mm. That's never really been my shtick. I think because it's like, I don't really get rid of books. Like I'll loan them out to people, but I don't ever really like, which is fine. And then I don't care if I get them back. Mm. But if it's not loaning out books to people, I don't ever really get rid of books. Mm -hmm. And you know, one only has so much space. I know. So I can't really justify having more than one copy of something when there's so many other books to buy. Yeah, (laughs) it's fair. The only (laughs) book that I do get a copy, well, only if it's a used copy. Like if I find a cool used Mm -hmm. edition at like a thrift store or something, I'll get it is All the King's Men by Robert Penn Warren. It's like one of my favorite books mm. of all time. And I will yeah. buy any edition that I find if it's a used book because I like to give it away. <laughs> so like I collect that's, them no, so that I can give them as gifts. But yeah. that's probably the book cute. that I like collect the most. I like having different versions of it because I also like to see like how the cover has changed since like 19... 19- 28 or whenever it was published i can't remember yeah i can see that well um good pick i'm excited to talk about little women so everyone go out and pick out a copy if you don't have one or i guess watch the movies whatever um so that you can can join in on the discussion i think it should be fun Mm -hmm. um okay well that's it thanks everybody hope you enjoyed the book if you didn't go pick it up it is a great book um and I think you guys will like it. And it's a good quick read, too. Yes. And we hope that you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. If you're listening yes. to this episode when it airs. With lots of food and family. Mm-hmm. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.